thinking a lot in the last month about, you know, what does it really mean, the story of, uh, you know, a baby born in a manger and, you know, the, the Christmas story. And we talked this morning a little bit about this idea of peace on earth and how we're all looking for peace, peace in our own life, peace with our neighbors, peace at work. Uh, we look at the world and we want you know, peace between nations. This universal peace for all mankind. And we talked about, you know, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, uh, you know, they, uh, they yelled glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. And we look forward to the time when that peace will be firmly established, when that doesn't become just a concept that we shoot for, but it becomes a reality when there will be peace on earth. We look forward to the kingdom of God when all of us who call ourselves Christians will be together in, in God's kingdom, together enjoying the peace, only the peace that God can bring. You know, peace on earth, goodwill to men, that's more than just a, a, a worldwide peace. The story of Christmas is about the coming of the Savior of the world. We emphasize a lot of times, you know, angels and the manger, and there was no room at the inn, and, and the story of it, which is fantastic. But sometimes we get so busy with the things that we do and the giving of gifts, and we want to give gifts, that we miss the greatest gift of all, which is the fact that God sent his own son as a, as a baby to Mary, just a kid. And that instead of being born into a royal family and put into a, a giant palace uh, with uh, the best of everything that a true king or a prince should have, the Prince of Peace was born into, uh, in reality, probably actually a cave. Uh, uh, a lot of times they would put their animals in there to keep them out of the way, keep them safe at night. Born into a manger, which for many of you may not know what a manger is. It's a, it's a feeding trough, okay? the place where they fed the animals, and that's where they laid the Savior of the world. He came to give us peace, not just peace in a worldwide sense, but peace between you and God, a lasting peace that only exists when you turn to God. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Jesus is getting ready to depart. He's telling the disciples, the, the time has come. I was born in a manger, yes, but now is the time when we see the fulfillment of all that God had planned for man. I have to go to the cross so that peace on earth goodwill to men can be a reality so that you sitting here tonight can have peace with God 
Philippians chapter 4, verse uh, 6 through 7. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. Oops, excuse me. Back up a step here. Uh, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. A peace that we don't quite understand. We don't understand the fact that, you know, a God that for many of us at times seems unknowable. He's out there somewhere. Does he really care? Is there a God? The Bible teaches us that by prayer and thanksgiving, God will make himself known to you. And the peace that God wants to give is available to all of us. Back in John, again, chapter 16, John is a fantastic book that talks about Christ really as a fulfillment of God's plan. In the beginning of John, it talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, and, the, and the Word was God. Jesus was that plan of salvation, that, that ultimate plan that would bring about peace on the earth, peace between you and God. And finally, that plan was was made a reality in the form of a baby, in the form of Jesus. And Jesus would come and he would live and throughout his mission on earth, never would they forget the idea that I've come to bring peace between you and God. That's my role. That's why I came. That's why I was in a manger and born in such a way. John chapter 16, verse 33. A lot of times we hear this passage uh, um, at funerals. Christmas is not a time to mourn. Christmas is a time for, for rejoicing. It's a wonderful time. But think of these words. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone yet I am not alone for the father is with me I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart I have overcome the world once again Jesus has come to give us peace but the Bible sometimes can be a little confusing the disciples were questioning him about this and his mission in the world and a lot of times they thought, you know, Jesus, you've come to be a conquering king. You've not, you know, you're here to destroy the Romans and, and bring about God's kingdom on the earth. They didn't quite understand yet the kind of peace that Jesus was, was talking about. In Matthew chapter 10, there are some curious words that Jesus mentions. Verse 34, he says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. 
The kind of peace that Jesus is talking about is not the kind of peace that we think about. Fame, glory, beauty, popularity, those things will give us peace. If I look good enough, if I make enough money, if I have the right kind of job, if I go to the right church, if I do the right things, that will give me peace with God. And Christ is saying to us, you're missing it. That's not where peace is found. It's not in the gifts you unwrap tomorrow. It's not in the, the, the sales that you got, you know, on Black Friday leading up to now. Peace is something else. If peace was something attainable just by human measures, we wouldn't have any need for Christmas. There'd be no need for Christmas Eve. Nineteen fourteen, cataclysmic event happened in the world. None of us were were here. I don't believe. I don't think we have anybody here that was around in nineteen fourteen. But talking about the beginning of World War One, which was fought and at the time was referred to as the Great War. This is the war that will end them all. The war to end all wars, because it's going to, you know, at the end it was so bad. Everybody thought, oh, we'll never. <laughs> We'll never go that way again. One of my favorite stories coming out of World War I is the 1914. In certain places along the trench line in France, there was uh, what we call the Christmas truce. For whatever reason, there were, uh, you know, it's Christmas. The uh, soldiers are in the trenches. They're thinking about, you know, what do I got to do as a soldier? Can I make it another day? Well, the Germans begin to, to sing Christmas carols. You got to understand, the trenches were only, in some cases, you know, 15, 20 yards apart from here to the back of the church. So, like, we're all up here singing. You know, the guys over there, the enemy, they heard those songs. And then they saw the Germans begin to take little pieces of, of uh, pine needles and different things and make little Christmas trees out of them. And the British soldiers were like, well, we could do better than that. So they start singing their Christmas carols. And the Germans were like, we could do better than that. So they start singing back to them. And the next thing you know, one guy got out of the trench and, oh, Tannenbaum, oh, Tannenbaum, Tannenbaum, <laughs> you know. And uh, the Brits would say, yeah, come on over here. Come here, mate. Or that's Australian. Uh, what a horrible, what a horrible. <laughs> come over for a spot of tea. Yeah, there you go. So, so the German gets out, and he goes over, and they meet. And one guy, which had written a story or a letter back home, says they were only 50 yards away from us in the trenches. They came out, and we went to meet them. We shook hands with them. They also gave us cigars, but they didn't have much food. I think they're as hard up for it as we are. They're fed up with the war. He described coming out of the trenches since Sunday for a few days rest. It's nice to have a night's sleep from the wet, but we still sleep in our clothes, but I'm happy through it all. It's, it's no use being otherwise. He had a don't worry about me. You buck up till I come home before signing off with your loving son, Fred. 
This temporary truce offered both sides the chance to repair trenches, to bury the dead. These informal truces were not observed all over, but just in select places along the trench lines where the Christmas spirit broke out among the troops. And their officers couldn't get them to fight. They couldn't get them to get back in the trenches. There was one place they actually played a game of soccer. They used a big old can. I didn't really have a ball around, but they got out there and played soccer. And they took photographs. The British took photographs of the Germans. The Germans promised, now on New Year's Day, well, we won't fight that day either because we want to come see how the pictures turn out. So uh, sure enough, uh, but this live and let live kind of peace had broken out. And as a human being, it, it warms my heart that people can put aside their warlike tendencies and give peace a real chance. That sounds great. You know, the war, in some cases, brought out the best. And other times, it brought out the, wor the worst. But that was the war to end all wars, supposedly. That was supposed to bring worldwide peace. I did a little research, and in the 20th century, about 125 million people have died, have been killed by war in the 20th century. There's no peace on earth. What were the angels talking about then? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's kind of the point of Christmas. If, if you look in Ephesians, I'll be wrapping up with this here in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians is a, a letter. It's a book in the Bible. And uh, the author, a man by the name of uh, Paul, he, he makes this. Now, I'll try to translate with you as we go along here because this is be kind of difficult, but. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision, by which is called the, the uh, circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope in the world without God. What he's saying is, you know what? There's a lot of people out there who... You didn't have the opportunity to have peace with God. You weren't part of the Hebrew nation. You weren't Jewish. You're not part of Israel. You're shut out. There's no way for you to have peace with, with God. Israel, the, the Jews were his chosen people. But he goes on, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. In other words, Jesus came on the scene, this little baby. He would give us peace by destroying every obstacle every legal reason, everything that would separate us from the love of God. I know some of you tonight may 
be feeling a little bit down. Most of us love the holidays. But for some, the holidays can be painful. There isn't peace in, in, in your heart. Be assured the baby Jesus came to this world so that you could be, who were far away from God, could be brought near to him through your faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For it's by grace alone you have been saved, not from yourself, nothing you've ever done. It's, it's a gift, the gift of God. This morning in church I talked about how do you unwrap this gift? I like presents. Hopefully at home I got some presents under the tree. I've been looking at them, kind of, I wonder what they, what's in there. Kayla assures me there's one humdinger of a present in there. She won't tell me what it is, but... So I'm like, man, I, I want to know what's in that, that present. And I can remember as a kid getting the presents, and, man, we would rip into those things. And it was always a killjoy. I had an aunt who was like, now slow down. You need to just take it. I'm like, oh, you're no fun at all. Let's rip that thing out of there, you know. And some of you kids know what I'm talking about. Well, Jesus came as a gift. God gave us this gift. How do we unwrap that gift? It's free. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. You will then find peace with God. Not immediately, but over the course of your life, a walk with Christ, peace will enter into your heart. And you will have the opportunity to live forever in the glorious kingdom of God. Where what the angel said will finally come true. Peace on earth. Goodwill. To men. So as you celebrate Christmas with your families, consider the real gift of Christmas. What's it really about? I mean, I love the Advent candles. Jesus came for a lot of different reasons. He came to give us was joy and peace and love and hope. Those things are amazing things. But if you want lasting hope, lasting love, lasting peace, that's only found through Jesus Christ. And I'm here to testify tonight that it's only through the blood of Christ that we can find that peace with God.